Hi, I'm David Murray from davidallenmurray.com. Today, I'm speaking with Stephen R. Marriott, who tells us how he walked out of the office and became an author and speaker. He shares his top tips for confident public speaking. Thanks for listening. Hey there, you're listening to the David Murray Public Speaking Podcast. To find out more, you can visit me at davidallenmurray.com. Hello, welcome to the show. Today, I have a very special guest. My guest is a former investment professional who's turned author with one book already published, another book in the works, and through being an author has led him into the world of public speaking. Please may I introduce you to Stephen R. Marriott. (laughs) Thank you, David. I'm glad to be on the show. Looking forward to it. Right, so we're going to talk a little bit about your work as an author and your transition into the world of public speaking. Because I know with all your insights in terms of what you write about, your storytelling ability, and it'd be good to kind of learn how you connect that, your work as an author, into how you actually deliver presentations and speeches in the public speaking context. Is that okay? I'm ready for that. Yes, I'll see how I can help. Great. Well, let's get straight into it then. So, Steve, can you tell us, what do you do? Well, as, as you um, mentioned, um, I've written one book, and that book is called Candy Floss Guitar. Um, it's part one of a series uh, called the Reluctant Pilgrim series, which I'm writing, and I'm just um, at the editing stage of the second book in that series. So um, I spent 15 years working in the investment industry, and um, towards the end of that career, the, there was I, I discovered a kind of a voice inside me that, that wanted to speak. I wasn't quite sure what that voice would say at the time, but it just there was a need to speak. From there, I went travelling, and eventually I ended up um, on this. Um, Camino, this pilgrimage called the Camino de Santiago, which led me eventually um, to write this book, um, that the second book, and that has really led me on a journey in many different ways. Um, I, I, I found myself um, talking about this book in bookshops, um, do, doing a few little workshops and um, additional speeches, so it's taken me in one direction, speaking, and um, there's other things, associated things, which I've been doing. I've been doing like being interviewed on podcasts, like this, and um, I guess I've been really sort of working out um, what I guess the millennials call these days. Um, although you know, I'll admit I'm not a millennial portfolio career. So a few different okay. things which relate um, to this book and this journey I'm on. So I'd like to kind of go back a little bit if I can. You talked about the Camino de Santiago and a former guest of mine, Adam Wells, I know has got a deep connection with that. So I wonder if you could tell the listeners a little bit about that, please. Gosh, yeah, there's a bit of a long story there. So I'll try and give you the sort of abbreviated um, (laughs) version, you know, for the sake of your listeners and and the length of the show. Uh, But to cut a long story short... um, I walked out of the office one day after giving my well, a month later after giving my resignation. Um, I'd unfortunately uh, my marriage had broken down and um, I was no longer um, getting fulfilment from my office job, and so I did this sort of the, the thing which um, felt right at the time, just to put some distance between myself and um, and the, and my old life in the office, and um, so I went travelling. Um, 
And then I ended up cutting those travels short because I, I, I was looking for something, but those, those travels I had were amazing experiences, but they didn't quite give me what I wanted. I guess there was an element of, element of loneliness and, um, um, and um, um, self-doubt in my mind, which was traveling alongside me in these travels. But eventually, um, and this is another story, but three signs, um, including one person, had mentioned the Camino de Santiago to mm -hmm. me, and, and it all came together in a space of a month. Yeah. So roll forward a month after these um, messages, almost being synchronised, came together. Yeah. I found myself at the um, in the foothills of the Pyrenees, about to start this pilgrimage called the Camino de Santiago, which uh, is an ancient um, pilgrimage for those of your listeners who who aren't aware of the Camino. Yeah. And. Um, Five weeks later, or nearly five weeks later, I'd completed that journey and ended up in the city of Santiago de Compostela outside the, its cathedral where this pilgrimage ends, where the um, tomb of St. James um, is and um, wow. people pay homage um, to St. James as part of their, their, this pilgrimage. And uh, that's what really started it all for me, was this journey. And um, as many people say, yeah. um, that's when the Camino or the real journey started after yeah. that because I had, um, I guess, a, the, uh, uh, I want to say an epiphany, but I think a few different things have to be on that journey in terms of creative space, encounters, ideas. Yes. Does that help? It does help. And I've, I know that people are going to be listening to this and actually probably tweak their interest a little bit about the Camino de Santiago. And I wonder, you know, is there a way that we could direct people if they're thinking, oh, that's interesting, somewhere where they could find more information about that? Well, just Google Camino de Santiago, or you could um, uh, look up the, a mutual friend of ours, Adam Wells. Okay, um, yeah. And I believe his website is called um, Discover the Camino. My question was going to be, how do you find yourself here? And I think we've, we've touched on that quite a bit with the, with, the, with the Camino. But I'd like to really connect with you in terms of the, the public speaking aspect of it. Sure. Because I, I get the sense that you talked about the voice in your head and there was an aspect of maybe wanting to do speaking but wasn't necessarily sure about what that was going to look like. Did be, becoming an author introduce you to the world of public speaking? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, it, it, it definitely did. Um, yeah, and I guess if I look back at my life now, you know, there was always... I always wanted to have a voice, and yeah. uh, but I always felt it was a bit drowned or swamped. I mean... Um, I remember when I was at school, I was one of the shortest people in, in the school, in my yeah. class, and, and for some bizarre reason, I chose to be friends of everybody who um, was sort of the tallest people, or they were all sort of, like, above six foot, and I always yeah. sort of felt that I wanted to get my voice out, but I was sort of... Um, you know, their heads are in the clouds, and um, I, I, I couldn't project myself the way the way I wanted to. And so I think um, I've always enjoyed stories. Yes. Um, but I never set out to be an author. But I think there was this sort of nagging feeling that in, in my off, in the office life as well, whilst yeah. I used to communicate in terms of um, investment reports, client bulletins, mm. um, I never really had um, a means to to express myself. Yeah. And, um, the, the, the writing um, did that, and this book, which I ended up write, um, that, that came out of my journey. And then, but, um, luckily, and I wasn't expecting it to do, to do particularly well, the, 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 I started to get nice reviews on Amazon, yeah. and people were saying nice things about the book and buying it and downloading it. And um, 
I think it was at the book launch when unexpectedly about 120 people came to the book launch. Yeah. So I had to say something with all these people there. You know, I had some fr- some friends there, and um, uh, and so I could have just sort of you know done the typical thank you, etc. But then probably about two thirds of the people there I didn't know. So I, I kind of really felt like I have to tell them a bit more about me, my book. And so I, I found myself for half an hour um, talking to 120 people at the book launch. And then after that, I'd start to feel that kind of I felt a bit comfortable doing public speaking. But also I realised I didn't have perhaps the, the, the appropriate skills. Can I touch on that, that experience then? So with the, say, large number of people, so some people have talked to me around public speaking, they get a kind of get a fear if you talk about public speaking anyway, but then they're thinking, well, actually, what's too big a number for me to stand in front of so that was your first experience in many in many ways with public speaking and when you talked about you felt that you had to share more because there was two-thirds of people you didn't know didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily know about your backstory sure but can you tell us a little bit about actually how you felt in that moment personally well yeah I was to be honest I was quite nervous when I saw the amount of people you know we'd put we'd you know we'd done our best to 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 publicize it uh, but then people kept arriving and arriving and this, it was in a restaurant and then they had to open up a, this, this sort of additional space in the restaurant to seat people. Oh, the nerves were building and I knew with, and, and about half an hour into the event I was going to have to wonder reading from the book and, 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 yeah. and, and tell a bit of my story. So, so the nerves were building. But I guess, I guess in that instance it really was sink or swim. The nerves are still there but I got through it. You I, did? I, I did a reading. You're still here? I'm still here and you know, subsequently I've gone on to do some more public speaking. But the experience taught me that I can do it. You know, what's the worst that gonna ha- that's going to happen? Um, there isn't much downside, really. The people are already there. Yeah. They had a good evening regardless. Um, but what I realised is I needed to improve my skills. Steve, thank you for sharing this, this with us all. It's absolutely wonderful. And I'd like to touch on something that you said. You mentioned mm-hmm. that incredible experience of literally being thrown in at the deep end and you had this burning platform standing in front of you and it was sink or swim and you swam and you're still here and you survived I did yes yeah I didn't drown and you also mentioned that you, you identified maybe in that moment or after that moment there were some public speaking skills or areas of development that you wanted to wanted to focus on mm-hmm. I wonder if you could maybe share two or three of those with us particularly for people who are thinking about public speaking and I don't really know where to start in terms of where should I start in terms of developing my skills what would what sure. your thoughts be? Well, I think if I look back at it now the easier part of that that speech I had to give was just telling my story we all know our own stories so I would say if anybody wants to pick up um, and, um, um, and uh, do a speech Try and weave in something which is personal in your story, and think of it as a story yes, um, when you're making a speech. Um, but that, as I say, that bit was not too bad because I, I had the story, um, and um, which led to me writing the book. Um, I guess what I kind of felt a little bit uncomfortable about, about especially when I look back on it and it was being filmed, is that I was quite static, and so I think um, I held my own, but. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been better for the audience if I just there was a bit more movement in my speaking yeah. in terms of hand gestures, etc. I was yeah. I was in one you know there wasn't much space because I was surrounded by 120 people. But maybe if I just used yeah. The, yeah. the floor space a bit better to sort of you know drum mm. home a message. Yeah. Uh, so so that was one thing which I was aware of that uh, I wasn't good. And I think just having the confidence to make eye contact with people, eye especially contact, at the yeah. back of the stage. Uh, I, me- I remember I was looking at the people who was sort of immediately in front of me, but I wasn't sort of looking out to the back of them. 
you reminded me of a, a funny story from my past when you talked around movement on stage and eye contact. And particularly when I started out public speaking, my coach would tell me that I would tend to dance or tap dance as I was speaking. <laughs> and I guess there was an element of nervousness about it. But I realised my I've got quite a lot of energy when I'm on stage anyway. And I've never really kind of kind of changed that to some degree. But I do move with more purpose which is while I think about my speech and I think about what do I need to do to make it more impactful. And particularly with eye contact, you realise over time is that when you do make eye contact with people, people aren't peering into your soul to kind of find all your weaknesses. Actually, what's happening is you're building a connection with the listener and it actually makes you feel more confident. Would you agree? Well, I would not disagree with you, David, of all your public speaking experience, but having... <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> having said that, I think, yes, it's... Um, you, when, when, as you start to have the confidence to engage with people with eye contact, especially towards the back of the room, it, you yes. know, you're engaging, and, and, it's, and it's like you're sort of bringing everybody into the speech. So and I think it's yes. just not something to be worried about. You know, you, um, you're, um, you, you're just... All you're doing simply is sharing the speech in a wider way with people and, and bringing them into it. So, it seems to, so that seems to be an effective way to, to communicate. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Steve. Steve, this is absolutely brilliant because you're giving us some really great insights into you know, what makes brilliant public speaking. But I would like to ask you, with your connection as being an author and storytelling, is storytelling important if you want to be a, an effective public speaker? Well, it certainly works for me. And um, I guess what I found with, with storytelling is that it makes it more personal um, to begin with. And I think if you can um, bring in anecdotes, um, uh, pieces of sort of storytelling um, information, uh, for me, uh, it's helped to engage the audience. But also just from, as I think as I touched on earlier, just the simple technique of trying to, one of my fears actually still with public speaking is trying to retain the information that I want to, that I want to speak about. Um, and you know, as I've gone on this speaking journey, yes. and you know, I, I, I've attended, um, you know, um, Toastmasters, which some people out there would have heard of, uh, and, and it wasn't so much through Toastmasters, but it was the people I was networking with that told me how they tend to remember their speeches, yeah. and um, breaking it down as a story, um, you know, as a beginning, a middle, and end, yeah, um, has certainly sort of helped in that that way. Yes, and for people who are wondering. They've got to deliver a speech. They don't know what to talk about. Where where do you personally get your inspiration from? And what top tip would you give to people who are wondering, what should I talk about? I've been asked to give a speech. What should I talk about? Okay, well, for me, it's always about keeping it personal. And I think, you know, when you talk about something from your life, um, it, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come across as genuine. And, uh, you know, that, that's how it's worked for me. I and mean, I guess I've had quite an interesting story in that I went on this journey and unexpectedly it, it, it led to a creative voice yeah. um, and, um, and, and, and writing. Um, but, um, yeah, just keeping it, you know, I use the term, but keeping it real, yeah. being genuine. And so I think people shouldn't fear public speaking because everybody has a story. Yes, they and, do. And, um, you know, whether it's you've got to give a speech within the office environment, yeah. maybe a best man speech. Yes. Um, maybe, um, I don't know, from at, a, at a club you're a member of. Yeah. If you can sort of make it more relatable and, 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 and you know, it's something funny that happened to you in the office or why... Maybe yeah. you don't like social media, for example, um, and you were talking about social media in, in the office place. You could talk about, you know, something that everyone can relate to. You know, I don't know, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, but you know, 
perhaps um, an incident when you would go out with um, you on a date and the date was yes. just always looking at her phone. So I think we can always find in anecdotes yeah. and stories which help express what we're trying to say. Yeah, definitely. And I, th I encourage anybody who's starting up public speaking, get a little notebook, get a pen, have it with you all the time. Keep your eyes open when you're travelling on the tube or when you're out and about or you're talking to people and just jot down ideas as they come. And remember, you've got a wealth of information, a wealth of history behind us all. There's always a story or two to tell in there. So thank you very much, Steve. That's a great tip. I shall make a note of that myself. <laughs> thank you very much. What one piece of very brief advice would you give to somebody who wants to give public speaking a try? To somebody who hasn't tried it, are thinking about it, What's the one piece of very quick advice you'd give them? So I would say um, just the, don't overthink it. You know, there's this sort of, it's become a bit of a, a, a cliche now, but it's, um, I think, what's the, the expression? Um, feel the fear and do it anyway. And I would say just, just go for it. Don't, you know, because everybody has started out um, as not being public speakers, but they've all had to stand in front of an audience with no experience. And the more you do so, the more you build um, confidence and um, it's just standing in front of that audience the yeah. first thing and just getting comfortable. Yes. So just, just do it. Don't overthink it. Just do it. Exactly. Thank you, Steve. Another question I'd love to ask you is, what did you get from public speaking? Is there anything you got from public speaking that you didn't expect you would? Yes, certainly. There's many more things which I hadn't expected. Um, I, I touched on that I joined um, a well-known public speaking um, group called... Um, Toastmasters International and I just thought from that I was going to get the techniques of speaking which of course you do you get a very good structure but what I didn't realize from that was the networking opportunities the social yes. opportunities um, one would get and you meet and it's the camaraderie of it because you meet a lot of people who are on a similar journey to you that not only want to improve their public speaking, but they That's want right. to improve their, their confidence. So, um, yeah, I, I could talk about many more things, but I think those are the, the salient um, points. Thank you very much. Mythbuster. What negative thing do people think will happen when they're giving speeches in public speaking, but never does? Well, um, I guess it's that, that, that fear thing that, you know, you're not going to fall down a big manhole and never be never be heard again you'll you, you survive your, your, your public speaking and, and what I've learned is is that you know humans are we're social creatures we're, 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 and um, we all can speak we all have something to say it's just the think the fear has just got got in the way sometimes yeah, and we've yeah. and because of that we sometimes stumble to get our words out or be clear about um, what we want to say um, but it's just something we've forgotten, so it's just experience. And um, you survive your first speech, yeah, yeah. your yeah. second speech gets better, and you become more relaxed, and um, you realise that the audience is on your side. That's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for sharing no that. When you look back at your time in public speaking, is there one thing that you know now, just one thing that comes to mind, that you wish you'd known at the beginning. So if there's something that you know now that you would share with yourself when you started out. Sure. Well, as, as, as I mentioned, you know, I felt there was this kind of like little voice inside of me that was desperate to get out. But um, one of those fears of that voice was would be, would be what would that voice say if it was given half the chance? And I never really felt I had anything to talk about. And uh, with this writer's journey, of course, I have a lot more to talk about. But if I was to look back. And when, that, when I first started hearing that voice, I'd probably say to that voice, 
start now, start speaking now because you've, yeah. you, you, you've experienced so much. So yeah, just get, just, just do it. Um, and I wish I had um, started public speaking, say, you know, 10, 15 years ago, because I yeah. think it would, uh, it would have certainly made it, uh, changed my life in many more ways. Thank you, thank has. you. Thank you, Steve, for sharing that. Okay. We're almost done, you'll be pleased to know. It's all but right, I can carry on. I'm enjoying myself, Dave. Thank you very much. Got a good question for you here. Okay. Can you recall a stra- your strangest public speaking moment? Can you recall your strangest moment, if you have one? Gosh, uh, I think that's to that's to come. To be honest, um, um, I guess when I can look back and there was 120 people just surrounding me, and I yeah. was, as I said, it was sitting or something. I never expected that there'd be all this interest in me, all this interest in me and my book, and that I'd be doing that. Thank you very much, Steve, for sharing your wisdom today, and I know the listeners will get a lot of value out of what you've said. And I wonder if you can share with us what's next for Stephen R. Marriott. Okay, there's a few things happening for me in the, the next couple of months. I've got um, a big speech happening on the 11th of September in London um, at an organisation called the Lecture Club, where I am um, sharing my um, my story with um, an audience there. How going for a long walk changed my life is the title of that yeah. speech, and also um, we're hoping to get the sequel out, um, my second book out, um, in the late autumn. So um, those are the two main things. Uh, happening with me at the moment. That's really exciting. And I wonder if we can touch on how are you how are you preparing for that big speech? How am I preparing for that big speech? Well, it's the longest speech I'm going to I would have to have given yeah. which is going to be a sort of it's a, including Q&A, it's going to be about an hour or so and um, again the technique of breaking that down as a story. Yeah. Um, so I've broken it down into um, about five different sections yeah. uh, with a sort of storytelling um, approach to it. Thank you very much. And if our listeners want to find out a little bit more about what you do, where can they find you? Uh, so the best place probably is just to look at my website, which is um, stephenrmarriott.com. Thank you very much, Stephen. I shall add that to the show notes. I really appreciate your time today. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Absolutely, yes. And, um, yep, glad to um, have been on the show and um, glad to be sitting here um, with your mobile studio. Thank it's, you uh, very much. I feel yes. like a bit of a star today, so thank <laughs> you. Um, yeah, helping me with my confidence on that you're, you're very welcome. And I'm really looking forward to hearing your big speech that's coming up next month. So thank you very much Are for you your coming, time today. David? I will be there. I'll be there cheering you on. Fantastic. So I'm looking forward well, to yes, that. I will, um, I'll get a few uh, coaching tips off you um, um, before I get thank you then. possibly I'll be getting some from you so I'm really looking forward to hearing that thank you for today thank you everybody for listening speak to you next week if you'd like to find out more you can visit me at davidalamari.com <laughs>